0: Unbound Theatre presents Lady Windermere's Fan by Oscar Wilde. Act 3
1: Why doesn't he come? This waiting is horrible. He should be here. Why is he not here to wake by passionate words some fire within me? I'm cold. Cold as a loveless thing. Arthur must have read my letter by this time. If he cared for me, he would have come after me. Would have taken me back by force. But he doesn't care. He's entrammelled by this woman. Fascinated by her. Dominated by her. If a woman wants to hold a man, she has merely to appeal to what is worst in him. We make gods of men and they leave us. Others make brutes of them and they fawn and are faithful. How hideous life is. Oh, it was mad of me to come here. Horribly mad. Yet, which is the worst, I wonder? To be at the mercy of a man who loves one, or the wife of a man who in one's own house dishonours one? What woman knows? What woman in the whole world? But will he love me always, this man to whom I am giving my life? What do I bring him? Lips that have lost the note of joy, eyes that are blinded by tears... Chill hands and icy heart. I bring him nothing. I must go back. No, I can't go back. My letter has put me in their power. Arthur would not take me back. That fatal letter. No, Lord Darlington leaves England tomorrow. I will go with him. I have no choice. No, I will go back. Let Arthur do with me what he pleases. I can't wait here. It has been madness, my coming. I must go at once. As for Lord Darlington. Oh, he is here. What shall I do? What can I say to him? Will he let me go away at all? I have heard that men are brutal, horrible. Oh!
0: Lady Windermere, thank heaven I am in time. You must go back to your husband's house immediately. Must? Yes, you must. There is not a second to be lost. Lord Darlington may return at any moment. Don't come near me. Oh, you are on the brink of ruin. You are on the brink of a hideous precipice. You must leave this place at once. My carriage is waiting at the corner of the street. You must come with me and drive straight home.
1: What are you doing? Mrs Erlin, if you had not come here, I would have gone back. But now that I see you, I feel that nothing in the whole world would induce me to live under the same roof as Lord Windermere. You fill me with horror. There is something about you that stirs the wildest rage within me. And I know why you are here. My husband sent you to lure me back that I might serve as a blind to whatever relations exist between you and him. Oh, you don't think that. You can't. Go back to my husband, Mrs Erlynne. He belongs to you and not to me. I suppose he is afraid of a scandal. Men are such cowards. They outrage every law of the world and are afraid of the world's tongue. But he had better prepare himself. He shall have a scandal. He shall have the worst scandal there has been in London for years. He shall see his name in every vile paper, mine on every hideous placard. No, no! Yes, he shall. Had he come himself, I admit I would have gone to the life of degradation you and he had prepared for me. I was going back. But to stay himself at home and to send you as his messenger, it is infamous. Infamous! Lady Windermere, you wrong me horribly. You wrong your husband horribly.
0: He doesn't know you are here. He thinks you are safe in your own house. He thinks you are asleep in your own room. He never read the mad letter you wrote to him. Never read it? No. He
1: knows nothing about it. How simple you think me. You are lying to me. I am not. I am telling you the truth. If my husband didn't read my letter, how is it that you are here? Who told you I had left the house? You were shameless enough to enter. Who told you where I had gone to? My husband told you and sent you to decoy me back. Your husband has never seen the letter.
0: I... Saw it. I opened it. I read it. You opened a letter of mine to my husband. You wouldn't dare. Dare? Oh, to save you from the abyss into which you are falling, there is nothing in the world I would not dare. Nothing in the whole world. Here is the letter. Your husband has never read it. He never shall read it. It should never have been written.
1: How do I know that that was my letter after all? You seem to think the commonest device can take me in. Oh, why do you disbelieve everything I tell you?
0: What object do you think I have in coming here except to save you from utter ruin? To save you from the consequence of a hideous mistake? That letter that is burnt now was your letter. I swear it to you.
1: You took good care to burn it before I had examined it. I cannot trust you. You whose whole life is a lie. Could you speak the truth about anything? Think as you like about me. Say what you choose against me, but go back. Go back to the husband you love. I do not love him. You do, and you know that he loves you. He does not understand what love is. He understands it as little as you do, but I see what you want. It would be a great advantage for you to get me back. Dear heaven, what a life I would have then, living at the mercy of a woman who has neither mercy nor pity in her. A woman whom it is an infamy to meet, a degradation to know, a vile woman, a woman who comes between husband and wife. Lady Windermere, Lady Windermere, don't say such terrible
0: things. You don't know how terrible they are, how terrible and how unjust. Listen, you must listen. Only go back to your husband, and I promise you never to communicate with him again on any pretext, never to see him, never to have anything to do with his life or yours. The money that he gave me, he gave me not through love, but through hatred, not in worship, but in contempt. The hold I have over Ah, him. Ah, you admit you have a hold. Yes, and I will tell you what it is. It is his love for you, Lady Windermere. You expect me to believe that? You must believe it. It is true. It is his love for you that has made him submit to, oh, call it what you like, tyranny, threats, anything you choose. But it is his love for you, his desire to spare you shame. Yes, shame and disgrace. What do you mean? You are insolent what have I to do with you nothing I know it but I tell you that your husband loves you that you may never meet with such love again in your whole life that such love you will never meet and if you throw it away the day may come when you will starve for love and it will not be given to you beg for love and it will be denied you oh
1: Arthur loves you Arthur and you tell me there is nothing between you Lady Windermere,
0: before heaven, your husband is guiltless of all offence towards you. And I, and I tell you that if it had ever occurred to me that such a monstrous suspicion would have entered your mind, I would have died rather than crossed your life or his. Oh, died,
1: gladly died. You talk as if you had a heart. Women like you have no hearts. Heart is not in you. You are bought and sold.
0: Believe what you choose about me. I am not worth a moment's sorrow. But don't spoil your beautiful young life on my account. You don't know what may be in store for you unless you leave this house at once. You don't know what it is to fall into the pit, to be despised, mocked, abandoned, sneered at, to be an outcast, to find the door shut against one, to have to creep in by hideous byways, afraid every moment lest the mask should be stripped from one's face, and all the while to hear the laughter, the horrible laughter of the world, a thing more tragic than all the tears the world has ever shed. You don't know what it is. One pays for one's sin, and then one pays again, and all one's life one pays. You must never know that. As for me, if suffering be an expiation, then at this moment I have expiated all my faults, whatever they have been. For tonight, you have made a heart in one who had it not, made it, and broken it. But let that pass. I may have wrecked my own life, but I will not let you wreck yours. You, why, you were a mere girl. You would be lost. You haven't got the kind of brains that enables a woman to get back. You have neither the wit nor the courage. You couldn't stand dishonour. No, go back, Lady Windermere, to the husband who loves you, whom you love. You have a child, Lady Windermere. Go back to that child who even now, in pain or in joy, may be calling to you. God gave you that child. He will require from you that you make his life fine, that you watch over him. What answer will you make to God if his life is ruined through you? Back to your house, Lady Windermere. Your husband loves you. He has never swerved for a moment from the love he bears you. But even if he had a thousand loves, you must stay with your child. If he was harsh to you, you must stay with your child. If he ill-treated you, you must stay with your child. If he abandoned you, your place is with your child. (laughs) Lady Wintermere. Take
1: me home. Take me home. Come.
0: Where is your cloak? Here, put it on. Come at once. Stop!
1: Don't you hear voices? No, no, there was no one. Yes, there it is. Listen. Oh, that is my husband's voice. He's coming in. Now save me. Oh, it is some plot.
0: You have sent for him. Silence! I'm here to save you if I can. But I fear it is too late. There. The first chance you have, slip out, if you ever get a chance. But you... Oh, never mind me. I'll face them. Lord Augustus, then it is I who am lost.
2: What a nuisance they're
3: turning us out of the club at this hour. It's only two o'clock. The lively part of the evening is only just beginning. It is very good of you, Lord Darlington, allowing Augustus to force our company on you.
4: But I'm afraid I can't stay long. Really? I'm so sorry. You'll take a cigar, won't you? Oh, thanks. My
2: dear boy, you must not dream of going... I have a great deal to talk to you about, of damned importance too. Yeah, we all know what that is. tuppy can't talk about anything but Mrs Erlin.
3: Well, that is no business of yours, is it, Cecil?
2: None. <laughs> that
3: is why it interests
4: me. <laughs> My own business always bores me to death. I prefer other people's. Have something to drink, you fellows. Cecil, you'll have a whisky and soda? Yeah, thanks. Mrs Erlin looked very handsome tonight, didn't she? I am not one of her admirers.
2: Oh, I used to be, uh, but I am now. Why? She actually made me introduce her to poor dear Aunt Caroline. I believe she is going to lunch there.
4: No. <laughs> she is, really. Excuse me, you fellows. I'm going away tomorrow, and I have to write a few letters. Clever woman, Mrs Erlen. Hello, Dunby. I, I
2: thought you were asleep. I am. I usually am. A very clever woman... Knows perfectly well what a damned fool I am. Knows it as well as I do myself. (laughs) Ah, you may laugh, my boy, but it is a great thing to come across a woman who thoroughly understands one. It's an awfully dangerous thing. They always end up by marrying one. But I thought, Tuppy, you you were never going to see her again. Yes, you told me so yesterday evening at the club. You said you'd heard... Oh, she's explained that. And the Weisbaden affair... She's explained that too. And her income, topic. Has she explained that? She's going to explain that tomorrow. Awfully commercial women nowadays. Our grandmothers threw their caps over the mills, of course. But by Jove, their granddaughters only throw their caps over mills that can raise the wind for them. You want to make her out a wicked woman? She is not. Oh, Wicked women bother one. Good women bore one. That is the only difference between them. Mrs. Erlin has a future before her. Mrs. Erlin has a past before her. I prefer women with a past. They're always so damned amusing to talk to. Well, you'll have lots of topics and conversations with her, Tuppy. <laughs> You're getting annoying, dear boy. You're getting damned annoying. Now, Tuppy, you've lost your figure and you've lost your character. Don't lose your temper. You've only got one. My dear boy... If I wasn't the most good-natured man in London... no, oh, we'd treat you with more respect, wouldn't we, Tuppy? The youth of the present day are quite monstrous. They've absolutely no respect for dyed hair. Uh, Mrs Erlin has a very great respect for dear Tuppy. Then Mrs Erlin sets an admirable example to the rest of her sex. It is perfectly brutal
3: the way most women nowadays behave to men who are not their husbands. Dumby, you are ridiculous. And Cecil, you let your tongue run away with you. You must leave Mrs Erlynne alone. You don't really know anything about her and you're always talking scandal against her. My dear
2: Arthur, I-, I never talk
3: scandal. I only talk
2: gossip. What's the difference between scandal and gossip? Oh, gossip is charming. History is merely gossip. But scandal is gossip made tedious by morality. Now, I never moralise. A man who moralises is usually a hypocrite, and a woman who moralises is invariably plain. There is nothing in the whole world so unbecoming to a woman as a non-conformist conscience. And most women know it, I'm glad to say. Just my sentiments, dear boy. Just my sentiments. Sorry to hear it, Tuppy. Whenever people agree with me, I always feel I must be wrong. My dear boy, when I was your age... But you never were, Tuppy, and you never will be. (laughs) I say, Darlington, let us have some cards. You'll play Arthur, won't you? No, thanks, Cecil. Good heavens, how marriage ruins a man. It's as demoralising as cigarettes and far more expensive. You'll play, of course, Tuppy. Can't, dear boy. I promised Mrs Erlin never to play or drink again. Now, my dear Tuppy, don't be led astray into the paths of virtue. Reformed, you would be perfectly tedious. That is the worst of women. They always want one to be good. And if we are good when they meet us, they don't love us at all. They like to find us quite irretrievably bad and to leave us quite unattractively good.
4: (laughs) They always do find us bad.
2: I don't think we're bad. I think we're all good, except Tuppy.
4: No. We are all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars.
2: We're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars? Upon my word, you are very romantic tonight, Darlington. Too romantic. You must be in love. Who is the girl?
4: The woman I love is not free, or thinks she isn't.
2: A married woman, then? (laughs) Well, there's nothing in the world like the devotion of a married woman. It's a thing no married man knows anything about.
4: Oh, she doesn't love me. She is a good woman. She is the only good woman I have ever met in my life. The
2: only good woman you have ever met in your life?
4: Yes. Well, you
2: are a lucky fellow. Why, I have met hundreds of good women. I never seem to meet any but good women. The world is perfectly packed with good women.
4: To know them is a middle-class education. This woman has purity and innocence. She has everything we men have lost. My dear fellow, what on earth should we men do going about with purity and innocence?
2: A carefully thought-out buttonhole is much more effective. She doesn't really love you, then? No, she does not. I congratulate you, my dear fellow. In this world, there are only two tragedies. One is not getting what one wants. The other is getting it. The last is much the worst. The last is a real tragedy. But I'm interested to hear she does not love you. How long could you love a woman who didn't love you, Cecil? A woman who didn't love me? Oh, all my life. (laughs) So could I. But it's so difficult to meet one. How can you be so conceited, Dumby? I didn't say it as a matter of conceit. I said it as a matter of regret. I have been wildly, madly adored. I'm sorry I have. It's been an immense nuisance. I should like to be allowed a little time to myself now and then. Time to educate yourself, I suppose. No, no. Time to forget all I've learned. That is much more important, dear Tuppy.
4: What cynics you fellows are. What is a cynic? A man who knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. And a
2: sentimentalist,
4: my dear Darlington,
2: is a man who sees an absurd value in everything and doesn't know the market
4: price of any single thing. (laughs) You always amuse me, Cecil. You talk as if you were a man of experience. I am. You are far too young.
2: (laughs) That is a great error.
4: Experience is a question of instinct
2: about life. I have got it. Tuppy hasn't. (laughs) Experience is the name Tuppy gives to his mistakes, that is all. Experience is the name everyone gives to their mistakes. One shouldn't commit any. Oh. Life would be very dull without them. Of course, you are quite faithful to this woman you are in love with, Darlington. Uh, To
4: this good woman. Cecil, if one really loves a woman, all other women in the world become absolutely meaningless to one. Love changes one. I am changed. Dear me, how very interesting. uh, Tuppy, I I want to talk to
2: you. It's no use talking to Tuppy. You might just as well talk to a brick wall. But I like talking to a brick wall. It's the only thing in the world that never contradicts me. Uh, Tuppy! Well, what is it? What is it? Come over here. I, I want you particularly. Darlington has been moralising and talking about the purity of love and that sort of thing. And he has got some woman in his rooms all the time. No, really? Really? Yes, here is her fan. (laughs) By Jove, (laughs) by Jove.
3: I am really off now, Lord Darlington. I'm sorry you are leaving England so soon. Pray call on us when you come back. My
4: wife and I will be charmed to see you. I am afraid I shall be away for many years. Good night. Arthur!
2: I want to speak to you for a moment. No, do come. I can't. I'm off. It is something very particular. It will interest you enormously.
3: (laughs) It is some of your nonsense, Cecil.
2: It isn't. (laughs) It isn't, really. My dear fellow, you mustn't go yet. I have a lot to talk to you about. And Cecil has something to show you. Well, what is it? Darlington has got a woman here in his rooms. (laughs) Here is her fan. Amusing, isn't it? Good God. What is the matter?
3: Lord Darlington? Yes? What is my wife's fan doing here in your rooms? Hands off, Cecil. Don't touch me. Your wife's fan? Yes, here it is. I don't know. You must know. I demand an explanation. Don't hold me, you fool. She is here after all. Speak, sir. Why is my wife's fan here? Answer me. By God, I'll search your rooms,
4: and if my wife's here, I'll... You shall not search my rooms. You have no right to do so. I forbid you.
3: You scoundrel! I'll not leave your room till I have searched every corner of it. What moves behind the curtain?
0: Lord Windermere? Mrs Erlynne. I am afraid I took your wife's fan in mistake for my own when I was leaving your house tonight. I am so sorry. <laughs> This fan was written by Oscar Wilde. It starred Katie Herbert as Lady Windermere, Erica Sanderson as Mrs. Erlin, Andrew Shaw as Lord Windermere, Gareth Johnson as Lord Darlington, Robert Aldington as Lord Augustus, Andrew Faber as Mr. Dumby, and Alistair Sanderson as Cecil Graham. Music was by Johannes Bornloff, and sound recording by Stefan Medhurst. It was produced by Dario Knight, and directed by Andrew Faber for Unbound.